Nicholas Barris, you're on the Actors with Issues stage. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Juan. Yeah. So you've been in this business um, since you were a kid, basically much earlier than lots of folks get to work professionally. So you made your uh, debut. Uh, how old were you when you did West Side Story? I was 10 years old. 10. That's Way back. Yeah. yeah. And thinking between back then and now, were there was there ever a moment that maybe had a doubt on your mind or was it always like full speed ahead? This is what I want to do. Oh my gosh. Yes. Can you imagine if I was like, nope, I never doubted myself. <laughs> um, no, of course. I mean, I think, you know, when I was a kid, you know, you, you, it's all just so wonderful and magical. It's like being a, a child in general, like childhood is so kind of just like, there's no worries, there's no cares in the world. Um, and as I got older, I think I developed more of a passion for acting and performing and singing and um, but with that came more insecurity and just more self-consciousness and, you know, you get to middle school and all of a sudden, you know, there's hormones and you're, you know, worrying about what other people think of you more and stuff. So like, a, like just a normal kid as an actor growing up, I had similar growing pains. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm still doing it. So I, you yeah. know, there was something that <laughs> kept me going. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I was doing my research that I realized I actually saw you perform uh, once and I have my playbill. I saw you in Edwin Drood. No way. All those years ago. Oh. Yeah. That's the best because it's it, it was such a, we, you know, it was a short run, but we developed yeah. kind of a cult following and people would come yeah. back and back. And um, that was such a fun show. I'm so glad you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to work with such an incredible cast. I mean, of, Ridiculous. of veterans and then of future Tony winners, because at that point, Stephanie... Andy Caro, I don't remember if Jesse had her Tony yet. No, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Cast. Uh, do you have any particular fond memories working on that show? Cheetah Rivera, two words, <laughs> Cheetah Rivera. Um, she, I, I, I of course knew she was a legend and an icon, but I was 14 years old. So like how, how many years can you worship Cheetah Rivera when you're 14? So I think um, I had an easier time being around her than maybe some other people because yeah. she was kind of just like a grandma kind of fairy godmother figure to me. Um, and you know, the show at the end, it's very complicated. So viewers won't understand oh, yeah. if, you, if you don't know the show, but it's based on the Charles Dickens novel. And for this musical version, you choose, the audience chooses the ending. So um, one of the things that the audience decided on was who to pair up as lovers at the end. And it's via plot so that you they'd put all the gents out and all the ladies and people would applaud for their favorites to see who would pair up and me and cheetah got paired more often than any other <laughs> which is hilarious because she's 80 and i was 14 um but that was so and just like complete pinch me like out of body experience and um she was just such a beautiful person and and i learned so much just about just being in the room with her you know and then um, fast forward to more recently with Hadestown. Um, mm -hmm. We actually had your co-star Morgan on our show, uh, oh, no I think way. about two years ago. It was rather early okay. on in the podcast. Um, was that your first time as like a lead on a show of that on that level? Yeah, it was definitely my first like leading man uh, mm -hmm. role. I had done Huck Finn at Big River, but that was kind of a, this very short run. And um, this was definitely the hardest, biggest load that to carry and also to tour as well as doing the show um, was, yeah, a huge endeavor. It was also a dream role of mine. Um, so I was just completely geeking out for the first 
few months. Actually, the whole the whole the whole experience. <laughs> I was geeking out. I was a huge fan of Aeneas and the the musical. So, yeah, yeah. And we you know with um with any size role, whether it's like a co star or a lead, I'm sort of a firm believer that there's always a lesson to be learned during that time. Um, so what would you sure. say you learned while you were on Hades Town? Mm, I think I really learned how to take care of myself uh, because I was forced to, you know, you're kind of, it's almost like survival mode on the road because you, you land in a new city and you have to figure out, you know, first you have to uh, learn where the theater is, where you're living, adjust to a new city, find places where you can get food, you know, um, meet the local crew, figure out how your voice carries in that particular house, stay healthy, you know, make sure your mental health is good, your physical health, your vocal health. So it's, so I think I learned how to just like um, power through and, and, um, and stand up for myself when I, when I needed a break or when I needed help, you know, cause I was forced to um, adapt and, uh, so yeah, I would say self-care. I learned a lot about self-care. Yeah. I feel like the last couple of years, I remember especially early on with with the podcast, folks were realizing how bad they were at self-care in like yeah. April 2020. They're like, wow, I haven't put on a face mask in over here or yep. sat and just watched something, read a book. It was always like, you know, the actor's grind, the life that we're sort of conditioned yeah. to think that you have to have. Totally. And society just saying, like, if you're not productive and doing a million things a day, then you don't matter as much. It's like right. we're like trained to kind of believe that. And I've, I and certainly as an actor, um, that grind and hustle mentality doesn't help. So I think, yeah, the pandemic, I also forced people to kind of reevaluate in that way and how they're treating themselves. So, yeah, definitely just sort of forced us all to like slow down and take a moment and yes. evaluate and sort of, you know, do some troubleshooting what's working what's not working exactly yeah. yeah yeah and you know diving into the issues given the name of our show mm -hmm. um what's an obstacle or like a hurdle that comes to mind that you've overcome or that maybe you're still dealing with you can shed some light on yeah i was thinking about this um before coming on and yeah i think you know with anything it's it's often for me battling with myself my own insecurities and my own self-doubt um we touched a little bit on that, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very kind of goal oriented and productive oriented and, and like, you know, I like to, I like to work hard, um, to feel like I've earned whatever good thing is coming my way or whatever job or whatever opportunity. And especially working on Riverdale and doing more TV now, um, the, the, what I've learned is that relaxation is actually so key and kind of just letting go which um you know as a theater creature there's more rehearsal there's more discipline you're getting up and you're doing it again and again and again and you're kind of going towards this result that you will then do eight times a week in front of an audience whereas with tv you you do some prep but then you show up and it's kind of you're in the moment you're working with your collaborators you're getting notes you're kind of discovering stuff in the moment and then you move on. So it's all, you have to kind of let go of that kind of like, you can't white knuckle it, you can't muscle it. Yeah. And I have a habit of wanting to, you know, I'm, I'm a, what, they, what they call a recovering perfectionist. So I, <laughs> I want it to be perfect. I want it to be exceptional. I want it to be amazing. And one of my teachers, Bob Krakauer says, you know, don't, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good, which I think has really helped me like, you know, go for good. 
don't go for perfect. Um, perfect doesn't exist. So um, that's something that uh, I've gotten better at in the last couple of years for sure. Um, but I'm still, I'm still working, working on it. Um, and speaking of Riverdale, I mean, that's your latest um, booking or latest, at least what's airing. Cause I know, you know, we book things and film them and then sometimes it takes like two years to, <laughs> for anyone to yeah. see them. Uh, but seeing as, you know, Riverdale has been sort of a staple on the CW and just sort of in pop culture. I mean, it's been around for over a hundred episodes at this point and that just yeah. doesn't happen. Shows don't have these long yeah. runs anymore. Uh but yeah, joining the cast this final season, did you feel a sense of pressure or was it just like, this is it, final season, let's just have fun? Oh, absolutely felt pressure. I did not expect to get this role. Um, you know, I found out later that Roberto, the showrunner, had seen me in some some plays and stuff. So that, that certainly helped my my chances in getting the role. But um, no, I, I, I felt a lot of pressure. It's the final season. It's, it's this, here we go, sirens. New York, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, totally felt pressure. Uh, got to set, you know, and it's this big set. And like you said, it's a pop culture phenomenon. There are these faces who I've just seen on billboards for the past six years. And all of a sudden I'm doing scenes with them. Like it, you kind of like leave your body and you're like, this is surreal. But um, the set and the environment could not have been nicer. Everyone was so generous and kind. Um, I had known Casey Cott uh, briefly previously, uh, who plays Kevin on the show, and he really was this wonderful conduit and introduced me to everyone. And um, it's just a lot of good, good people on that set. So uh, it then became just a me problem because every you know, <laughs> that I had to work through my own, you know, nerves. Um, yeah. Because certainly they did not make me feel that way at all. I've, I've heard very great things about that show in particular. The cast and crew are just like the yeah. loveliest people. And yeah. it's a small show, it, it, you know, and like the musical yeah. episodes can get very big and sort of larger yeah. than life, but generally it's it's small. So it feels very mm -hmm. intimate. And, you know, a lot of these actors have uh, not grown up together, but, you know, it's been like six yeah, or seven they years. Have. Yeah, totally. And um, I think being the final season, I can really feel that all of them just want to be together and hang out and make those final memories on the show when they're all together for the last time. So I feel especially privileged that I get to be like a fly on the wall mm -hmm. and see them kind of wrap up this final chapter and be in the room. You know, it's such a, it's such a gift. Yeah. And uh, what have you noticed are like some big differences with an actor's process between television and theater? You did sort of touch on it already. Yeah. I touched a little on it. I think, um, I have wonderful teachers and coaches, by the way, Bob Krakauer is one of them, Jess Cummings. Um, I, I work with her pretty much for like every episode and every scene and we just go over it and and she's wonderful. And it's just great to to have someone to, who is incredibly smart, but also can be a great sounding board and also kind of an actor therapist because, you know, I'm out here in Vancouver, I'm alone. I do have a local friend, but it's scary to step in and have these major scenes. And, um, you know, with people who've been on the show for seven years, I just, I can't, I don't have that experience that they do. Um, but I think process wise, uh, it's, it's different because you can't, another one of my teachers to quote Wendy McKenna uh, has said, you can't screw the lid on too tight. Whereas in theater, you you want to achieve a result that is sustainable every night. 
that's going to get that laugh. That's going to knock people's socks off in that production number or whatever. Whereas on TV, you're kind of looking for the mistakes. You're looking for the spontaneity. You're looking for those little moments that you're only going to catch in that one take that maybe the editor will use a month later and piece that together. And it's like, you know, you're very much a small piece of this puzzle. Um, so both are so wonderful and challenging. And um, hopefully I am getting better at this medium just by doing it more and um, uh, and just trusting that it's all going to come together and I don't have to be perfect, you know, <laughs> no take really is perfect. Um, I was just doing a, a tape last night for an, uh, an audition for something and for auditions, you do kind of want a really strong take. You're kind of going for, you want to kind of, you know, show off yourself and, but also hit kind of different points and make sure that the scene is working. And so I think, Interestingly, that can feel, um, I can feel more pressure in those, in those scenarios, but yeah, th that I would say is the, the main difference. Yeah. I feel like with self tapes, um, you know, actors are sort of forced to not just be the actor, but also be your editor and your director and your grip and your lighting guy and all, yeah. and everything. And, you know, there's that a tons of pressure. You want to send your best take and it's like, yeah. well, it's, it's a, you know, for auditioning for a co-star and the line is, here's your check how many versions of that can you get? You Listen, know? I know for me, and I think some other actors feel this way, like those are the hardest because oh, yeah. you're like, uh, did I do it? Did I do it? Is this line, you know, should I do it 30 times? Am I ever going to get it? Um, but yeah, I mean, I know there, it's a hot topic right now, self-tapes and, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to necessarily take a side, but it is, it is a challenge um i'm trying to lately i've been embracing it more though because i can be at home and i can do another take and i don't have you know someone being like all right thank you so much you know so um it's definitely an argument for both yeah i definitely see both sides of that sort of uh of that argument and of course the folks who are being uh asked about it mainly are like veteran actors who book recurring yeah. roles like of course you miss being in the room but <laughs> <laughs> right right for, right for those co-stars you know you make you take the hour trip into Manhattan or whatever if, to read two lines and it's a straightforward scene. So they're just like, okay, thank you. And then, you know, how right. many redirects are you going to get in that 10 second? Totally. Totally. That's a, that's a good point too. Yeah. And uh, in these, you know, 14 plus years that you've been working professionally, what have you noticed are like some of the biggest things that have changed in the industry since you first got started? Mm. I mean, that's a big one. Self-tapes. I mean, I remember when they, when I think maybe my first self tape when I was maybe 12 or 13 and it was a new thing. And I remember my manager, Lisa at the time saying, I know, you know, they're asking to, for you to do it yourself. And it felt very much like, oh, you do it yourself. It felt almost like a school project. I'm so sorry. I'm going to like, okay, it'll be okay. Um, it'll, it'll calm down. Um, so yeah, I remember it was kind of, we were all like, what? Uh, and at the time I was, of course, living at home with my parents and we were hanging sheets. This was before bendable backgrounds, people and ring lights. Yep. So we were, yeah, exactly. So I just remember it was a nightmare. It was an absolute yeah. nightmare. Um, so that's definitely changed. Of course, the pandemic changed lots of different things. Um, but I was just talking to someone yesterday who 
uh, is an actor and he's never been in person for a TV film audition. He's wow. only teams. And so there's a, the generation now who don't even know what that is like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that, that's, that's a big major change. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure more will change and I'll I'll pick up on it more now that I'm a now that I'm an adult. <laughs> I can. Yeah. It's interesting because my first reps were not from New York. They were like in Atlanta and um, uh, Nashville. So I was used to not being in person because all of those were tapes. I think I've only been in person for TV film maybe twice in like six years because of that. And, and then for theater, you know, much more because they want to hear you with the accompanist and you wow. stay for the dance call and all of that but yeah. yeah it's just been such an interesting uh just interesting journey the last couple of years yeah. for everybody and taping for theater is a probably can't curse but it's a mind bender yeah. <laughs> you can curse like you're like yes, i go to me yeah is this a is this a movie is this a play what's what's going on right. the camera's right here but i'll be on stage you know those don't make a lot of sense for me but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so from a lot of our listeners, we get lots of requests to um, talk about sort of like agents and managers and because, you know, lots of young actors are very eager to get started early. They don't necessarily want to wait to get their BFA or or whatever. They want to start young. So for any young actor who maybe feels a little stuck in getting the ball rolling in their career, what advice do you have for them? Honestly, it's surrounding yourself with great teachers, mentors, friends who won't knock you down but build you up and it's it's hard to find sometimes it's a very competitive industry you know and you want friends who are also actors because that's great um but you also have to find your uniqueness and your individuality and so that's always a push and pull because of course you want to take class and of course you want to be in an environment like others who are doing the same thing as you but um, you also, I would encourage those folks to take time for yourself to rediscover the passion and why you want to do it, to pick up that play that you're meaning to read, take yourself on a date to see that animated film, you know, whatever it is that can, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way is a book I read over the pandemic and I highly recommend it. I don't know if you've done it, Juan, but yeah. you probably- Oh yeah, yeah. lots of journaling. <laughs> And so, you know, it's stuff like that. It's like the, there's the technique and the training and the getting yourself out there and the, the hustle, but that's uh, what I've discovered is that's a, sm a smaller piece than I thought it was compared to the soul piece um, and bringing yourself. It's like, you know, it's so cliche. People are like, be yourself, believe in yourself, but it's actually the best advice and something I didn't take to heart for a long time. I was just trying to, I was just trying, trying to get people to like me, trying to book the job, trying to know my lines and sing my songs better than anyone, you know, and that's an unhealthy pattern yeah. to get into. Yeah. Always going into it with that sort of one-upsmanship and competitiveness. Yeah. So and exhausting. I mean, do the prep and like yeah. do the hustle. I'm not saying don't, but um, yeah, but like find your, your, your heart and your soul in the mix there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thanks so much, Juan. It's a yeah. pleasure. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to give you a follow on social media or anywhere, where can they find you? Uh, at Nick underscore Barish on Instagram. I'm no longer on Twitter, but I am on the gram. So on the gram. I'll see you there. there.
a mess, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, what's a 2023 resolution? Maybe yeah. I'll leave it for now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And folks, you can give us a follow on Instagram, Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniel Official and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes every Monday and bonus episodes throughout the week. And you can catch Nicholas Barish on Riverdale Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on The CW. I'm Juaniel. This is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.